1: everybody this is jim troth and of course i have with me the office goddess laura my wife hi everyone (laughs) so um a lot of snow it's been a bad weather but I, i like snow laura hates it but
2: especially when on top of you know
1: ice but anyway i like it it's interesting but this week we have our guest is amanda gibbs and she is just doing very very well And looking forward to hear her story. But first, let's listen to this.
0: Habitation investigation is the way to go for a home inspection in Ohio. Trusted, licensed home inspectors for your needs. From radon to mold to warranties. For a great home inspection, you really can't go wrong. Visit homeinspectionsinohio.com. Hey, Amanda, how you doing?
1: Good, how are you? I'm doing very well, doing very well. So, so those who don't know you, um, who are you? Where? What area do you serve and what, what do you do?
3: Absolutely. Um, I'm Amanda. I actually serve the Cincinnati region area, which goes kind of all the way up through Dayton, um, the lower part of Dayton, best way to explain it. We also do Northern Kentucky as well. So it's all kind of the same thing. When you're talking about Cincinnati, there's, you know, east side, west side, farther north, and then lower part of Cincinnati, also known as northern Kentucky.
1: So, sure. <laughs> <yep>. <laughs> Get that Skyline chili.
3: Yes, absolutely. Skyline is the best. Good man right there.
1: <laughs> yep. So what, so, so you're a real estate agent. Yeah. What did you do before that?
3: I owned an insurance agency for 12 years and I actually just sold it December of uh, 2021. So I just closed the door on that. I owned it in addition to doing real estate for the past a little over five years. Uh, But finally, you know, both of them were very, very busy and I just needed to make a decision on which one I was a little bit more passionate about and where I felt like my heart was being pulled to. So, um, closed the door, my insurance agency sold it off to a nice gentleman in December. And then now I just focus solely on the real estate aspect.
1: Oh, nice. Okay. Very cool. So your, your first year or so, mm-hmm. how was that? Cause I know there's, there's a high turnover in real estate where people first get into it and they, they don't make it.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So, my first year, I closed over 40 transactions. Nice. Um, I had kind of like ramped up. My whole business is done on referral, and that's how my insurance agency was built as well. So, I like to really get to know my clients, work with them, get to know their friends, their family. We become really, really close, and I focus on service. You know, I want to get them whatever it is they're looking for in the moment of when it was insurance, make sure that everything that they have was built specifically for what they need and that they understood it. Because I feel like knowledge is power and understanding what your money is paying for is very important. And then I just duplicated Mm -hmm. that when I walked into the real estate world. Um, I have a little bit more experience than most realtors like walking into a house because we understood the claims perspective, right? So I could walk sure. in and I knew kind of what to look for and I could spot things right off the bat and be able to educate my clients. Also discuss with them like um, how long things would last, such as water heaters, the cost of those type of things, because we were familiar with that too. You know, We deal with all of those things day in and day out yeah. in a claims perspective. So um, again, I always felt like knowledge was so important and my clients always felt super comfortable at walking in and knowing okay, Amanda's going to be able to, you know, hold my hand through this entire process. And I would always make them feel like they could ask me anything, you know, no question is stupid. You know, I want you to just feel comfortable. And if you don't understand something, then ask because it's our job to be the professionals here.
1: Oh, very nice. So, so you would go in, show them my house. And if you, if you saw something wrong, you would let them know that might be a concern
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I would kind of teach them the things that they should focus on and not solely just on the cosmetic, right? Because cosmetics an easy repair, but you want to look for the things that are going to cost you money. Like, look at the age of the furnace, the age of the AC. Is there any rust on the water heater? Does it look like the bottom's rusting out? Because that means it needs to be replaced all before an inspection. You know, these are things we can physically see. Look for water spots in the ceiling, Um, walking into an older home, if you see two prong outlets, then it's not grounded in those rooms, just kind of explaining what all that means and talking them through that process. Obviously I'm not going to, you know, give anything outside of that because that's going to be an inspector's job to fulfill that report, but just kind of pointing things out as we're going through so that they're aware of it and not shocked by it when it comes up on the inspection later.
1: Oh, nice, nice. That's very nice. We actually have a class that we would teach on preparing your, your buyer for home ownership and home inspections. Because a lot of people, they, well, most people do not see a home inspection ever. Because they buy a house once every seven years, maybe. For us, it's been 20 years since we last bought a house. So, people don't see inspection reports very often. So, when they first they, when they get that inspection report on their house they're looking at, it's only one they've ever seen in 20 years. They're like, holy crap, there's a lot of stuff on that. Right. It's all normal stuff, though,
3: right. but they're,
1: and they're not prepped. And so they, we, we've seen people freak out over silly, like like you said, cosmetics, th- things that are not expensive to take care of and right. basically unimportant, really.
3: Absolutely. And it's important another loan product, too, because, you know, there's other things that are going to be flagged that are going to be important. You know, not having ground fault wire by water and just explaining why you need that. we on the external in the home as well. And then just talking them through the maintenance, because I feel like that's something that a lot of people just skim past. Like, yeah, you need to have these things serviced and checked on every few years. This is the app you guys usually do a wonderful time, ta- wonderful job of putting that in the report, saying this is how long these products last, right? Um, yeah. but we all know like if you take care of them, sometimes they can last a little bit longer.
1: <laughs> yes, they can. <laughs> we've had a couple of water heaters we've come across that were like 50, 60 years old. And they whoever bought those, they got their money worth out of oh, those.
2: And
3: then some I thought the same thing. I was like, they don't make them like that on purpose, right? No, there's no, no money don't. if your water heater lasts for 50
1: years. Yes. Well, both those water heaters were AO Smith glass lined.
3: Wow.
1: Just throwing that out there. it was AO Smith glass lined, both electric. Wow. Okay. So I, I don't know there's well done the trend of that one, but but you sound very knowledgeable just regarding your know, houses and the you know, mechanicals inside them.
2: Well, the explanation to the clients because she's already having that conversation. This is kind of what's going on. Be prepared for the report. What kinds of things do you think you're going to want to ask for a request or remedy if there is one? So you're already prepping them and starting them to think about that process, which is so important because then they're not going to have the oh my god, this is a huge report and I have no clue what anything is on it, and they panic and. They don't do that with you from the sounds of it. Exactly.
3: And I think if realtors understood that it's actually a preventative thing for
2: themselves too, to
3: kind of like already have had that discussion with their clients of expectations, then they don't have to try to overcome all these obstacles of worrying about things that aren't really that important that we have to put on the report because it needs to be disclosed, but it's not necessarily an item that needs to be remediated, right? It's just in more of an information so that you're aware of it.
1: Yeah, very nice. So your first year, you had 40-some 40, 40 transactions. What did you do the year after that?
3: Uh, the next two years, I I was pretty consistent with the same number. And then the third year, I had actually basically at that point um, pulled myself out of my agency completely just to kind of see what I could do and hired somebody full-time to take over on my behalf. And I did 78 transactions this year that year.
1: Nice. Um,
3: so, so then that's what you could do. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You could double your business
3: almost. Yeah, Yeah, so then that way I kind of had an idea to gauge, you know, where I wanted my future to go because it was extremely busy working like 6 a.m. to midnight every single day, having a preteen in the house, trying to also have a life. There just wasn't a good balance. And we all know there has to be a work-life health balance, right? Because you can only run that way for so long before you run yourself like to nothing. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and you so can't end I end that up. with kids. Oh, golly! Yeah, because you're a taxi too. Everybody
2: forgets that part,
3: right?
1: <laughs> yep. Yep.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah. I remember those days
1: well. So, <laughs> so now would you, before you did insurance, did you go to college. I went to Bowling
3: degree? Green um, University for psychology. And then I did not end up finishing my degree, unfortunately, because both of my grandparents passed away the same year and it was like a hard hit to the family. Oh, that sucks.
1: I'll say, Lauren and I each have degrees in psychology. So (laughs) that's why we were
3: kind of laughing. It's
1: okay if you didn't finish it up.
3: (laughs) I I will be honest, I still remember everything I learned in all of those classes because it was just something that. I felt passionate about and that I could like relate to so well. And it was so interesting. And I feel like we utilize that a lot of times in our day-to-day now so that we know how to speak to a client or a person, because everybody's personalities are different. Their perception is different. And so just having that ability to adapt, you know, is a huge like win for us so that our clients always feel comfortable with us no matter what.
1: Oh yeah, Laura and I worked in mental health for many years, wow. and I mean, I mean that there's only so much time you should spend in any of that, any of that stuff. But psychology, I mean, that's a good degree to have because then you you know how to work with people, or you be, you're be able, better able to work with them and, and deal with you know, whatever they may have going on, and maybe maybe more empathy toward them, depending on what's going on with them. Yeah. Just because of the counseling folks on, at some point ability
2: to read them and see you know yep. kind of where they're at emotionally and to be able to talk them off a ledge or you know talk. calm them down
1: <laughs> talk them off that ledge of the other report
3: oh my
0: gosh.
2: i'm paying how much for this house
1: <laughs> so, so what was your favorite class in psych
3: oh my gosh i'm it was, it was one of their standard psychology classes, their professor at the time, I cannot remember his name. I so been trying to figure it out too, but I remember sitting in this classroom and it was Bowling Green's huge. So our classrooms were like an auditorium, right? And yep. he would walk the whole room, the whole class. He would walk all the way up the stairs, all the way around, all the way down. He couldn't sit down. And he told us that he was extremely ADD and that's just the way he taught. But I learned so much from him, the way he explained like everything in depth. That's cool. I remember just thinking like, I never missed that class. It didn't matter because got we got a lot of snow and wind in Bowling Green, right? Because that's up by Toledo area. And so I that was one class I was always in because I got so much out of it just being in there. Sometimes I'd have to look straight down because I couldn't handle him walking so much. But yeah. <laughs> just the way he taught. And he was rated as one of the best like psychology professors, and I totally understand why.
1: Well,
2: that's cool. I'm jealous. But I co- didn't have a guy
3: like a that.
1: That constant movement kept, kept everybody focused and paying attention. Yeah. So that, well, that's awesome. Probably that's good. Fool. So the, your business skills, did you like self-study, self-taught, I imagine?
3: Yeah, I actually did. Um, I started at a very small brokerage, and I honestly had like no support. I know they hate hearing that, but it's true, right? Um, Nobody taught me what to do. They didn't like help me if I needed it. So I learned everything on my own. And I functioned pretty well at that anyway, since I built my agency from nothing. Uh, But I utilized my sales skills, my knowledge and all of that. And then I just kind of focused on, um, you know, learning the contract aspect, understanding what all of those details meant. And then used my insurance knowledge of homes and like turned it on there. But I'm the type of person, like I'm a sponge. I'm always learning. So I would go to inspections for my first year just so I could learn and understand and hear what the inspectors were saying and ask questions through it. And then I would, you know, in turn do the same thing with loan officers because I felt like it was so important for me to understand the financial aspect what the loan requirements were, what my buyers needed, what what their loans looked like depending on what they qualified for. It made me better at my job to help them. You know, so that I could coach them and guide them on what was going to make more sense for them because if somebody, you know, you can be pre-qualified for a million dollars, it doesn't mean you can afford it, right?
2: So, Especially
3: nowadays. Yeah, exactly. So just understanding that, knowing what their comfort level was, helping them, knowing how to do those numbers for them. I took the time to really jump in and learn all those things. And unfortunately in our industry, I think a lot of the times like people are under this impression that all they have to do is unlock the door and turn on the lights. Right. Yeah. And that's not it. That's, that's very minimal to what your job requires. Anybody could do that. There's a reason that you have to take continuing ed. There's a reason they have you taking all these courses. You really should have the knowledge to do all of these things. But some people give our like industry this bad view that, oh, you know, our realtors don't need to know all of that when in reality they do. So um, I self-taught, but I self-taught with myself, you know, with people in the industry, mortgage, um you know inspectors title all of that just so i could fully understand the process and be a better resource for my clients
1: very nice very nice so so what book are you reading now
3: book i'm reading now actually
1: or or, or what what, you, what you recently finished
3: i've been doing podcasts like listening to podcasts because i've become like pretty obsessed with it so i just okay. finished my last uh, murder one so now that i can focus more <laughs> <laughs> Well, like,
1: oh, you can learn from no, anybody. You can <laughs> learn from cops and, and uh, murderers as well.
3: It's so interesting. But um, I, I have a couple new books that I plan on, you know, reading starting this year. But one of my all-time favorite books, I will say, is The World's Greatest Salesman. Are you familiar? Mandino? Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah. Been a long time, but yeah. It, yeah um... It's an
3: old book, but it's just the basics, right? And it really teaches you a lot like if you read into it and i feel like you can learn something and apply it to now versus like what he's kind of discussing in the book it's not really relevant obviously but there's a lot of lot of information to learn in there
1: i may i may get that book and and i i read that book like 20 years ago and i probably should do it again
3: i don't think i've ever read it so oh really
1: old school sales guy yeah
3: such such I a just, good basic book. And it's so small too. Like, I think it's like this big, you know, and just, Oh, okay. Big pages, but just small and size book. Oh my gosh. Just such a great read though. Very
1: yep. Cool. Yep. So the past two years, I've been just crazy with real estate. And then like last year it was, it very much switched over to a, a seller's market.
3: Yeah.
1: How, how, how have you adjusted on, on how things are done or how you market yourself? Anything different?
3: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, We really hit a lot of roadblocks last year. I think I probably wrote double the amount of contracts I'm used to writing and only locked in about half of what I'm used to getting and in our market. And we're running into it the same right now, actually people outbidding properties going 40 to 50,000 over. And so we were really struggling um, when that came out of nowhere of how to adapt to that. Right. So What I had to do is that's when it was really important for me to to get to the nitty gritty with my clients. I had to understand their cash flow. I had to understand their pre-approval maximum. And then I had to coach them on what were we going to do to get around these obstacles, right? So the ones that we were getting locked into, um, those were situations where we were just having to go under budget looking, knowing we were probably going to max our budget. And then seeing how much cash flow opportunity we had to pay the appraisal gap, because that was being offered across the board, explaining to them, you know, after I ran numbers where I felt like it was going to land, you know, from an appraisal side, just so I would know like, okay, well, I feel like we we could probably get here. So if the appraiser comes in here, you'd only be out this dollar amount. But if they don't, and you're then you're out this dollar amount and just making sure they understood what that looked like if they wanted to make that purchase, right? Um, And I don't know every market, but Cincinnati market has a lot of growth opportunity. We were like really low as far as our home values. So this big jump, even though it scared everybody, I feel like we were long overdue um, we hadn't really climbed in value for a long time. It had been like a slow creep, you know? Okay. And so then when it came back around, like we were like, oh, our house values probably should be in the three hundred, yeah. right? right? Yeah. Whereas when I started our value is like we're around 180, 190 average. So this might've looked like a big jump to a lot of these people, but to us, we're like, that's kind of where the market's pushing homeownership at this point, you know, the cost of everything's went up, the yeah. minimum wage has went up. Like we really need to kind of catch up at that yeah. point.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of communities need a, a little bit of a jump start to, to yeah. have everything match up a little, a little bit better. Like we're, we, we do have an inspector lives in, in a Beaver Creek, so it kind of serves your area and Dayton area. Another guy does that as well, but Columbus it was so short of houses, and you had a story. Lord, somebody lost. Somebody what was. It?
2: I, I I was talking to a loan officer who had completed a loan process for a friend where they had put in two hundred thousand over the asking price. Didn't get it because somebody else bid higher and got it, but she didn't know what the winning bid was. So it was over two hundred thousand over the asking price. Oh my gosh! Is we're that not crazy? Down here, that's crazy. I mean, we were scared off ours.
3: I think our highest ones had been fifty, and I just had one a week and a half ago, and they bid fifty thousand over. We went forty over, and we waived inspections because the house was a new build, right? So I was like. I don't I agree it. with yeah. it, but you could probably get away with it, right? It's okay. Um, I'd still recommend doing it after, you know, just oh, yeah. to check anything. But we waived inspections, waived the appraisal gap, and got beat by $10,000. And they they were in tears because they were like, we would have bid it, you know, if we would have known, but we thought our offer looked incredible. And I was like, "You know I get it. But they didn't yeah. have, you know, and I explained to them, I said, but you didn't have that gap. You know, like even though it was only 10, where were you going to have get it? it? Yeah. Where are we going to get it? You know? So you got to remember, like don't look at it, that aspect you put in, you put it all in. And if it was going to happen, it was going to happen. And if it yep. didn't, the next we'll one. keep wasn't. looking.
1: Yep. Yeah. There's no point in looking back. Oh, we should have done this. It's yeah. like, well, it's like buying a motorcycle. As soon as you buy a motorcycle, quit looking at the other motorcycles or yourself because you're going to find one better. He He needs to
3: take his own advice. (laughs) No, and that is great advice. I actually tell my clients as soon as we get under contract to turn off all their alerts because, you know, they get on the apps and it'll send them alerts of homes. I'm like, shut it down because you you are buying this house and you are happy with this house. You might see something else come up and you could be like, well, what if? But what if you don't get that one, you know? So, don't do that to yourself. You need to turn it
1: off. (laughs) Yeah, don't don't put that on the universe that you're looking at other houses. Like, no, we found our house. This This is our house. Yes. Yes. So, the the future, what do you think is going to happen? Like, what, like this year, what do you think is going to happen?
3: That's a great question. You know, I kind of thought going into this year when we started off, it was a little slow. I was like, oh, okay, I feel like we're not going to be into these big bid wars anymore, that's going to calm down. Unfortunately, that hasn't shown true yet. Um, we're still in these bid wars. There, the house that I went in on multiple offers had 50 offers on it that day. Oh, um that's people are posting the past couple of days 40, 30 to 40 offers on these properties. And I'm just like, our inventory is so low, you know, that we are just really struggling at getting people, like we can't overcome an obstacle if we keep repeating the same process. So now what we're seeing is there's a lot of off-market transactions happening where like people are saying, I'm willing to sell, I'm willing to buy, and they're like cooperating together, right? And Uh, unfortunately- That's what's driving in our market because now it's preventing everybody outside of our area from bidding. And that's one of the big key indicators is we still have a lot of those people from other states bidding on properties in our area because it's so affordable. And so we, that seems to be like where everybody's driving to now, of course, like the board and MLS will tell you, there's a lot of restrictions with that. But if you have a cooperating seller, then it is actually legal. You know, like we can do that. If they say, I don't want it on the market, I don't want to deal with 50 offers. I don't want all of that stress and heartache. And I get it. It's a lot. when We have to present that to them. So if they come to us and say, we don't want that, then we officially
2: have a private listing. Yeah, so we've done a lot more inspections this past month with for sale by owner, and they're not using an agent. It's all private sale. Yeah, yeah. But
1: I can I understand if I was a seller, and I have forty different forty different offers to review. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to do that. No, no. I got like, one of the best ten, and I'll look at those. But I I don't want to do that. But
2: I think by law, don't you have to show them all of them? All of them. Yeah.
1: Yep. I know. I know.
3: Yeah. And, it's, and that's what I try to expect, especially when these people want it for sale by owner, I warn them. I'm like, I understand that you're just trying to get every dime you can. I was like, but you have to understand that you don't necessarily want to take the highest offer either. If you don't understand everything else that's attached to that offer, right? Because the highest offer may just be trying to get you to lock them into contract. It may not be willing to do some of the things that an offer a little bit lower is willing to do. So that's one of the things we try to coach people on with hopes that they, you know, will still utilize a realtor and just utilize it as a private listing. Because I explained to them, like, it's a seller's market, you're going to make the most you can possibly make on your house no matter what, right? So yeah. but you don't want it at the same time, like, cut your foot off trying to, like, save a little bit, but not using a realtor. And then that appraisal comes in short and they're like, oh, you have to do it. And they tell you that because that's what they're going to say to you. You have to take this, you know, and so sellers don't know any better. And then they end up selling it for less.
1: It it, it sounds like with your insurance background and just all the studies you've done, you understand the numbers Mm -hmm. to help everybody out. Because there are some stats that if you for sale by owner at a certain price versus selling with through an agent. You make more money selling through an agent because the yep. agent, even
3: after the commission, even after the even commission, commission. yeah. So and people don't wrap their mind around that because they think, well, I watched that all these houses go under contract and multiples, and if I could get the highest offer, but then that's where we have to like show them, like, okay, until you go through it, you don't know what happens next, right? When we go through it with our contracts and us fighting on your behalf, like behind those closed doors we're able to overcome those additional obstacles like inspection period, appraisal, shortage, whatever financial problems, whatever that is, to keep it on track to close at the higher value. Whereas most of the time, people are just going to make numbers look pretty to the seller just to get them to say yes
2: and then pull them back down later. Yeah, That's we've actually done inspections for people recently that um, it was a for sale by owner. And they didn't take our client's bid at first. They held off on it and held off on it and took one that came in way higher. And the agent for our client tried explaining to them, listen, that happens a lot. Usually they can't get funding, blah, blah, blah. Didn't listen to her and went with that. They fell out of contract because that couple couldn't get the financing. And she ended up going back to our original client. Yeah.
1: So could have saved yourself a month so, of effort. Yeah.
3: Exactly. Cause they end up losing money for the time that they're off market. You know, you're still right. paying mortgage and taxes. Yep. So, and if you had another property lined up, you could lose on your purchase too. So it's really vital to make sure that you're using professional people in that world. You know, don't do it because you think you're gonna save money. They they don't. That's like a 1%. That actually follows through to the end and gets successfully more yeah. or the same amount they would have got, but you know, more in their pocket type thing. Yeah,
1: I wouldn't, I wouldn't sell a house
3: without a without name.
1: using an agent. Now people who might be able to do it successfully were probably former agents. Correct. Because they would yeah. understand yeah, the, they would the, know. the numbers and everything.
2: Absolutely. The well, laws and the rules change so much with everything that how's a seller even going to keep up with that? You need to hire an attorney and Yeah, and if you're hiring an attorney, their fees are more expensive, I believe, than a real estate agent. So why not just go with Uh, the real estate agent in the first place? Absolutely. You have to
3: pay a retainer with them, you know, costs. And that's where I'm just like, it makes no sense. Like you're not saving yourself money.
1: No. What what anything else you'd like to share about yourself?
3: Um I mean, not that I can think of, you know, my biggest thing that I focus on is relationship building with my clients. Um, All of my business is referral. You know, I, I want my clients to feel like they're comfortable through the entire experience. And like I said, can ask me any questions that they have, no matter what. The question is, you know, I want them to feel like they have a full understanding from start to finish of what they're getting into and that during any time during the transaction, they can just reach out to me and that I'm going to respond right away and let them, you know, kind of walk them through or talk them through whatever they're um, having a trouble understanding. So. I fully believe in relationship building, you know, several of my clients have bought and sold with me several times already, just in the five and a half years I've been a realtor. So Great. I feel like nice. that says a lot, you know, about their experience and how the whole transaction went with me. Yeah.
2: Oh, it Very definitely nice. does. Your your numbers are so much higher than most people that I hear about just starting off in the business, the numbers speak for themselves what you're doing is working people respect that so
1: well and and you're you you know a lot of different areas of real estate right overall so that is very beneficial and unique a lot of agents don't know anything about the insurance they don't want to know about the age of the water heater
3: yeah that's like
1: well yeah well, there, there's some agencies, they do not want the agent to ever go out to the home inspection because they're afraid they'll somehow say something and be held liable for it. I always thought that's a mistake.
0: Yeah, I
1: think the agent should always go there, even just for a little bit. Just yeah. go there and make sure some they got, the client. make sure you got in okay. Yeah. See if the buyer has any kind of questions. There's anything major uh, that, that they, 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 they you know, taught and immediately the, the agent go, well, let me go find somebody who can like, further evaluate that and then t- and take off at least show that you're, you care. I think that's part of it right there.
3: Absolutely. And also, you know, there's like the disclosure process. Like sometimes we're privy to information that isn't necessarily on public. Right. So for us to show up at that inspection and just give the information to the inspector, like, hey, you know, the seller said this, this and this, just so you have a heads up, you know, can you just right. kind of confirm that during your inspection? Then you're not blindsided by like, oh, OK, well, I found like water. You know, previous water damage or something like that. And be like, yeah, they mentioned it came from here. Like, just see if it looks like that that's all tied up and, you know, whatever that looks like. It just, it's better for everybody to just be present, you know, at those type of things. And yep. if you can't make it, then make the phone call, right? It's minimal yes. to just like check in, touch base, make sure everything's going. I do that with my inspectors all the time. Shoot them a text, everything going okay. Did you get in okay? Um, here's a couple little, you know, tidbits of information. Cause I know we're all busy. We're all running all over the place all the time, but yep. it's just, it takes a minute to yes. even send that short little message, right? And I know the inspectors down here love it. I'm sure you guys would, too, in your area, that that would be super useful and helpful to help you when you're doing your job. And oh, yeah.
1: We yeah, we, love we, we love getting heads up. But hey, they they had a, a sewage backup two years ago. Exactly. Did, did they cap that properly? Because yes. not always they kept these things properly. And I'm like, oh, no. yeah, okay. That That's great information. So okay. how do people get hold of you?
3: Yes. Uh, best way to reach me is either by email or phone. My email is amanda.gibbs at exprealty.com. And then my phone number is 513 484
1: 4888. Awesome. Sounds Perfect. good. What I'll do on the show notes is I will make links to, to your site.
3: Perfect.
1: So they can click on that and they can find you that way easily. And then Facebook is it Facebook going to. Yeah. Oh. Facebook, Wait,
3: I'm, at, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. My Instagram handles probably the easiest. It's Amanda sells Cincinnati, um, and that's linked to my Facebook, which oh, I think okay. is like some weird, you know, it's under Amanda Gibbs, but I don't know what the Facebook handle is for it. So
1: okay, gotcha. <laughs> I'll, I'll do some searching, see so if I can find that for you.
3: <laughs> Perfect.
1: Hey, it was very nice talking to you, and you sound very knowledgeable. So good, to very, cool. very, very fortunate for your clients.
3: Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Nice meeting You're you.
0: You're
3: welcome. You All right, too.
0: Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Standing Out in Ohio podcast. Be sure to subscribe on Spotify or Google Podcasts to get new, fresh episodes. For more, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or visit the website of the best Ohio home inspection company at homeinspectionsinohio.com or jimtroff.com. That's J-I-M-T-R-O-T-H and click on podcast. Until next time, learn and go do stuff.